Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 for this, our weekly news roundup. Here we are again, happy as can be, all good friends and jolly good company. So, what have we got to look at today? Well, before we do talk about what we're looking at today, yesterday video came out on the channel of every current team's worst ever livery. So go check that one out once you're done here. But the news we're going to be looking at today, so of course, we're going to be talking about Visa Cash App, of course, because that's the thing that everyone wants to talk about uh, this week. We'll be talking about the Madrid circuit, uh, some stuff on Gunther Steiner and Drive to Survive, a little bit of F2 stuff, and then towards the end we're going to be talking about the new contracts for Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris. But, of course, let's start with... Visa Cash App. You have to subscribe though, that is the rules. Everyone knows the rules by now. You have to like and subscribe, otherwise it's just rude. So, I've got a bit of deja vu, if I'm completely honest with you, because this time last week we came up here and did the weekly news roundup, and you know, we kind of all knew that Visa Cash App Racing Balls was coming, and I did the news video, I was like, come on, yeah, it's coming, and it's gonna be alright. Everyone calm down, it's going to be fine. And then this week, Visa Cash App RB was officially announced, and everyone's lost their minds, and I'm here to tell you to calm down, and it's going to be alright. So, it's a bit of deja vu, but it's alright. Now, as I said, I don't think this is as bad as everyone's making out. I've seen a lot of people saying, worst, worst name ever. I've seen a lot of people just being very angry about it. And I'm not going to go that far. There are things that I do think aren't great. And we'll get into that as well. But overall, I think this is actually quite good. So, you know, I know my YouTube audience by now. And I know they're very forgiving and very patient. And I hope you will be patient with me now as I explain why I think it's okay. So don't go running to the comments and calling me names before I can explain why. Because I went on Twitter this week and tried to explain why I think it was okay, and that ended very badly. So I'm hoping my lovely YouTube audience will be more lenient with me. So, let's get into this. So the official name is Visa Cash App RB. Uh, where is it on the entry list? I had it here somewhere. Yeah, Visa Cash App RB Formula 1 team. So... I've looked through a lot of what people are saying, and a lot of the criticism for this, and I want to kind of break it down piece by piece and explain why I think each of it is actually okay. There is one big thing that a lot of people have mentioned which I do agree with, and I'll get to that as well. So let's start with credibility. A lot of people are saying that the team has lost credibility through this sponsor, and I have to disagree with that. Firstly, Visa, as a company, are massive. I looked it up, their market capitalization, their market is worth 538 billion. Billion with a B there. That's like half a trillion dollars is how much this company is worth. That is more than Mercedes, Ferrari and McLaren combined. It's not even close when you combine them. They're still about a 500 billion off so in terms of credibility as a sponsor i think this is a good sponsor to have 
If you can attract one of the biggest companies in the world and the most recognisable names in the world, because everyone knows what Visa is, I think that's good. I think that adds credibility, not just to the team, but to the sport in general. That the sports can attract a company like that to sponsor their team, I think is good. You know, a few years ago, we had Rich Energy, an energy drink company that nobody had heard of, that you couldn't buy in shops, that turned out to be run by a con man. That is not good credibility. A company of this size, I think, is good credibility. And also, i just like to draw attention to some other sponsors that we have. So last year, we had Aston Martin, Aramco, Cognizant, Formula 1 team. Now, they've lost Cognizant for this year, but they've kept Aramco. I know what neither an Aramco or a Cognizant is. Um, we have BWT Alpine. They make water, apparently, but water for offices. That's interesting. MoneyGram. No idea. Maybe some kind of online banking? Maybe some kind of payday loan scheme? Not too sure. Oracle. They do stuff for computers. Uh, Patronus. Oil? I think. And of course, everyone's favourite, Steak Kick, which I believe is online gambling. You know, in terms of all the other title sponsors... None of them really compare to Visa in terms of credibility. So the credibility issue, I don't think, is an issue. Also, in terms of just general sponsors, what you've got to look at is F1 history. Because for decades, Formula One were billboards for tobacco companies. Every team was selling cigarettes. Every single one. Ferrari, McLaren, everyone was selling cigarettes. And the most blatant of them all was Lotus in 1970s and the 1980s. One of the biggest teams on the grid won multiple championships. Their big sponsor was the John Player Special, which are a brand of cigarettes. That sponsorship was so big that the team was no longer called Lotus. They were called John Player Special. The whole team was centred around selling cigarettes to the point that the most... Well, not the most famous Lotus, because they're the Jim Clark Lotus, but one of the most famous Lotus liveries, the black and gold, that is the box colours of John Player's special cigarettes. And when Lotus came back in 2012, 2011-2012, in the form of Renault, they brought that livery back. So they were still selling cigarettes, even when they weren't supposed to be selling cigarettes. Also, recently, we've had all the crypto sponsors on all the F1 cars, to the point that I think, was it last year or the year before, at the start of the year, every F1 team had a crypto sponsor, and by halfway through, half of them weren't even income in business anymore, because the crypto market is so volatile that no one can make any money, and it's collapsing. So in terms of sponsors, if you had to go for cigarettes, crypto, or Visa, I think Visa is the correct one to go for. At this point, I'd like to remind you all that the current Constructors' Champions and the team that made the most dominant car in the history of F1 is a fizzy drinks company. Moving on, some people are saying, well, look, Red Bull are fine. Red Bull's a fine sponsor, which I think when Red Bull came in to own a team, when they first came in, this outrage was there as well. Um, but people are saying Red Bull are fine because they sponsor all different kinds of sports. And they sponsor motorsports. They were a sponsor for the Sauber team before they had their own team. And they sponsor Rally and all this kind of stuff. So Red Bull are fine because they have a history in sport and motorsport and sponsorships. Visa don't. 
And that's not exactly true. Now, they don't have history of sponsoring motorsport. That is true. But they do sponsor sports. They've sponsored the Olympics and Paralympics since 1986. They are the main sponsor of the FIFA World Cup. And they've sponsored the NFL since 1995. So, Visa sponsor huge sporting events. The biggest. The Olympics. The Women's World Cup. And the NFL. Huge huge sporting events. So to have Visa attached to Formula 1 puts it in the same category as those three. Once again, a good thing. And for people saying they haven't sponsored motorsport before, I don't necessarily think that matters. It's not like a Formula 1 driver where, you know, he has to go from karting to F4 to F3 to F2 to F1. If you want to be a sponsor of a company, you don't have to go, oh, I'll spend my years sponsoring this karting company before I come up. If you're a company worth $500 billion, you can sponsor whoever you want. I, I think that's fine. I don't see the issue there. Right, so the next one I've seen a lot is it doesn't sound like a good name. And I think I do agree with this. It's not, not a great name to say out loud. But what I would also say is every name sounds bad when you first initially hear it. I think every team name ever sounds bad when it first comes out. The same way every band name sounds bad when it first comes out. Once there's a bit of momentum behind it, and you've said it a few times, then it will sound good. And this brings us on to the second point. I'm not calling them Visa Cash App. And to that I said, I don't think you're supposed to call them Visa Cash App. The same way that you're not supposed to call Red Bull Oracle Red Bull Racing. You're not supposed to call Mercedes Mercedes AMG Patronus Formula 1 team. I think you're supposed to call them Racing Bulls. Now, here's the point I think is very valid. A lot of people are saying, I don't like that the main part of the name of the team, the official name, is a sponsor, and the actual team name is relegated to initials. And I will agree with that. I don't think that is great. But, at the exact same time, I don't think it means it's the worst name ever, and I think a lot of the reaction has been a bit of an overreaction. What we've got here is the entry list for 2024. We can see down here, this is where we are. So the official team name is Visa Cash App RB Formula 1 team. But if you look at the company name, it is Racing Bulls, the name which has been rumoured for months now. So I think in terms of what the fans call them, what the commentators call them, the name is Racing Bulls. We're not going to be calling them the Visa Cash App Formula 1 team. The name is still Racing Bulls. So I think from there, from that point of view, as a fan, we'll all be calling them Racing Bulls. And I've seen a lot of people be like, well, I'm going to call them Alpha Tauri. It's like, yeah, you probably, you might do, but I think the majority of people will be calling them Racing Bulls. In the same way, the fact that you're saying I'm going to call them Alpha Tauri means that you are fine with the change from Toro Rosso to Alpha Tauri that happened years ago. And I think most people will be fine with this change after a while. So... The next thing from that I've seen, he'll go, oh, there's two teams with the word Bulls in their name now? Oh, what the hell? And I'd like to remind him, well, last year there was two teams with the name with the word Alpha in their name, and they have been for a few years now. If we go back to 2010, there was two Lotus teams. So, you know, this isn't new. In 2011, right, so in 2010, there was um, Lotus Renault, and then the other Lotus I, think, Lotus, I think, was Lotus Cosworth. 
And in 2011, that other Lotus turned to Renault engines. So there was Lotus Renault, and there was a Lotus powered by Renault. So two teams having the word bulls in their name isn't necessarily as bad as that was. So I think we'll be fine here in terms of this. And then the one I've seen a lot is this is a cash grab. This is just the team trying to get money. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, obviously. Formula 1 is one of the most expensive sports to be in in the world. You know, we have this uh, cost cap now, which makes it cheaper for the teams, but that's still like $400 million. Then on top of that, you have, you know, just if you want to expand the buildings that you're in, that's going to cost a lot. I mean, look at Aston's new facility. And with Racing Bulls, it seems like they want to become closer and closer to the actual Red Bull team, which will require new buildings and infrastructure. You know, a few weeks ago, we were sat here going, oh, I can't believe Gene Haas doesn't want to invest in his own team. He's got all this money, but he's not going to invest. And now we're sat here going, oh my God, Racing Bulls want to invest by getting this huge sponsor? What the hell is this all about? So I... We can't complain about both. And I think a team wanting more money, there's I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They're not doing it through illicit means. Visa is a recognisable brand and they offer to give money. They're going to say yes. Also, like less than 10 years ago, we had the McLaren that I actually talk about in my worst liveries video. Where McLaren couldn't get any sponsors. McLaren, one of the biggest teams in the history of Formula 1. I think they were the second all-time in terms of world titles behind Ferrari. One of the biggest teams ever couldn't get any sponsors. They couldn't do it. They were struggling. They couldn't get any. And now we're at a point where Red Bull's second team can get a company worth $500 billion. Once again, that's a great look for Formula 1. It makes Formula 1 seem as up there in terms of sport as football, NFL, whatever it might be. Big sponsors coming in is good for worldwide recognition, I think. And I think this is fine. Um, final couple points here. Yeah, as I said, in two months' time, I think all the commentators will be saying Racing Bulls. And I think that will pass down to the fan base. And I think Racing Bulls will just become the name and everyone will be fine with it. And I think this will kind of blow over, if I'm truly honest. In two to three months' time, I don't think anyone's going, oh, raise a cash out. Everyone's going to be like, Oh yeah, the Racing Bulls are doing well, because I do think they will do well this year. That uh, relationship between Racing Bulls and Red Bull is coming closer this year. They're going to be sharing more. That's going to be a big story. Zach Brown is already very angry at that, so that's going to be a big story this year. And of course, the story of uh, Sergio Perez and Daniel Ricciardo this year, I think it's going to be huge. And Yuki Snowder, if he performs well, he can insert himself into that story as well. So I think a lot of eyes will be on this team this year because I think they're going to do well. And I think this whole thing will completely blow over. The biggest thing that I'm kind of shocked by, really, is that they released this logo and no one is talking about how beautiful this blue is. Look at that. Imagine a car... Completely that colour with the little white silver bits in there as well. That would be a beautiful car. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that car looks. Because that is a very nice colour of blue. Is that everything I've got to say? Oh, no. Actually, it's not. I've got one more thing to say. 
So a lot of people have been saying about uh, Red Bull and Racing Bulls. Like I said with uh, Zach Brown, about how he's not happy with them sharing things. And should one company own two Formula 1 teams? And I was recently reading uh, Mark Hughes' book on Max Verstappen called Unstoppable. It's very good. I haven't finished it yet, but it's good so far. And he kind of reminded me of the story of how Red Bull and Racing Bulls came to be. And basically it was Dietrich Mateschitz, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago, who was the big head behind Red Bull in general, the entire global brand. And um, he came to F1 and wanted to buy an F1 team, wanted to buy the old, uh, was it, it was Jaguar at that time. So, you know, he wanted to buy the Jaguar team. And Bernie Eccleston basically begged him to buy two teams, buy the Jaguar team and by the Minardi team, because they were both on the way out. And he did. And that's how we got, at the time, Red Bull and Toro Rosso. And, you know, F1 was in a really bad place at the time when they came in. They weren't this huge thing that they are now. They weren't the huge thing they are for the, they were for the 80s and 90s. So... For Bernie to beg Dietrich Mateschitz to buy two teams and him to agree and help F1 out, really, that's what he did. By buying those two teams, he did F1 a favour because they were in a bad place. And now we come along 20 years later and F1's in a good place. And for them to now turn around and say, oh, now we're doing all right, you have to sell that team to Andretti or whatever. I think there's something wrong with that. You know, it's like if you had a mate and they're in a bad place and you help them out, and as soon as they're in a good place, they just reject you and you never see them again. That's a bit shady. So for all people saying they should be forced to sell, I don't think that's the way to go. I don't think that's very fair on a company that helped F1 out when they really needed it though. So there you go. There are all my thoughts on Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. It's not that bad. Everyone calm down. It's all going to be okay. So yeah, the F1 fan base went a bit mad at that because I do think a lot of the time with just F1 fans, when something is new, when something new is announced, the automatic reaction is to be negative, which I really, really don't like. Now, of course, there are some things that are announced, and the right reaction is to be negative because sometimes it's not good. You can't be happy about everything all the time. I'm certainly not happy about everything all the time, but the almost instant mob outrage to everything new that gets announced in F1 is really, really tiring. Like, the F1 fan base, I couldn't be doing with it this week, with this whole Visa Cash App thing, the way everyone went into a rage. Like, even like journalists I really respect, like Ed Straw from The Race, I think he's my favourite F1 journalist in the world. But even he put out a whole statement about how this is the worst name ever and is damaging to Formula 1. It's just like, let's all take a step back here. And, and you know, happily, that was the only thing that F1 fans were really upset about this week. Anyway, Madrid is going to host the Spanish Grand Prix from 2026. Oh, wait a minute, there was something else the F1 fans were upset about. After decades upon decades of Formula 1 fans saying the circuit to Catalonia is the worst track in the world and needs to be taken off the grid, uh, F1 have said that it's a bad track and will be taken off the grid and replaced by something else. And guess what? F1 fans aren't happy about it. Shock and horror. So there's a featured brand new circuit located in Madrid. It's actually quite interesting because it will feature... It's a hybrid track 
of uh, street track and non-street track. So I'm going to try and find a picture of it because I forgot to download a picture of it. But yeah, I think there's it's actually quite interesting. If I save this image now. Yeah. There we go. So the other interesting thing is to go along with this is it's a 10-year deal with this new Madrid street circuit. Now, we did hear rumours of this last year when the F1 museum that goes around the world, its first uh, spot was Madrid. And I remember talking about it last year that uh, Stefano Domenicali was like, who knows, maybe we could have a race in Madrid this year. Not this year, one year. And, you know, that does get said about a lot of places. But it seemed like there was some traction behind this one. It's a 10-year deal um, that will be going on. And I think it's a good idea to go for 10 years because you're building a kind of infrastructure for it. You don't want a one- or two-year deal and then it falls through and you have something like Valencia. Also, I think they have an opt-out clause after five years. So if it doesn't go right, they can pull out from there. Here is the circuit map. And just on the face of it, I'll be honest, it doesn't look like much. I'm not a huge fan of this turn one. It kind of, it reminds me of the uh, Saudi turn one. It's just a turn left and an instant big curve turn right. I've seen someone do kind of a simulation of it. And from the simulation, it looks okay, to be fair. The really interesting thing for me is these two tunnels they have. Because this is a motorway coming down here. And they have two tunnels to go underneath the motorway. We need more tunnels in Formula 1. Of course, there's the Monaco Tunnel. Very legendary tunnel of Formula 1. And the Abu Dhabi Pit Exit is also a tunnel. But I think they're the only two tunnels. So two new tunnels there for you in Formula 1. And, you know, I think, yes, with this in general, it's an interesting one. Because, obviously... The F1 fans went street circuit bad, new track bad, and who knows, it might be bad. But I'd like to remind everyone that Las Vegas, for years, got labelled as a bad circuit that will be awful. Even to the point of the day of the race, everyone was going, this is going to be awful. And then gave us one of the best races of the year last year. So I don't like this jump into conclusions that this is going to be bad. Now, when people say F1 has too many street circuits and is going down a route of too many street circuits, I will agree. And I do like to see a mix of street circuits and non-street circuits. But I think the reason they're doing this kind of thing is historically circuits are placed in the middle of nowhere. Like every circuit I've ever been to has been in the middle of nowhere. That's in the UK and abroad as well. And, you know, that's not good for tourism. You want, when a city is hosting a race, you don't want them out in the middle of nowhere. You want them slap bang in the middle of the city to spend loads of money. So when a city like Madrid or Spain in general is going to host a race, they want to have people as close to everywhere else to make as much money as they can. It's just business. So I think that's why we're seeing street circuits pop up as much as we are now. And, you know. Who knows? This race could be good. It could be bad. I'm holding out expectations until 2026, and I think most other people should as well. Moving on, though, to some positive news. Finally, we're only 23 minutes into this video. Gunther Steiner, everyone, has had a busy year so far, and for the majority of it, well, for all of it, he's been unemployed. So he's writing a second book. Now, um, I read his first book, and I thought it was really good. One of the best books I read last year, giving a real good insight into Formula 1. I made a video on it on the channel of like the most interesting things from the book. And you know what? I'm looking forward to a second book. 
uh, the ending must be changed now for him losing his job. And I think maybe without his affiliation with Haas, maybe he can give us even more detail on that. So that is one to look out for, Gunther Steiner's second book. I'll be talking about that a lot when it comes out. And what is Gunther Steiner without Drive to Survive? Drive to Survive is coming back on the 23rd of February, which is the final day of F1 testing and a week before the Bahrain Grand Prix, the first race of the year. So, a lovely little way there to get back into Formula 1 for this year. We finish up testing. You can binge watch uh, Drive to Survive for last year and then the brand new season begins and we're off to the races. Now, we will talk about Leclerc and Norris's contracts, but before we do that, let's talk about Formula 2. Because Formula 2 have got their big new uh, era of cars this year, and they've all had a bit of a shakedown. So here we go, if you're on the YouTube, this is what they look like. Now, we have seen a show car of this before, and of course the show car will be basically the same as all the other cars, because... You don't really get much tweaking in terms of aerodynamics in uh, Formula 2. It is closer to a stock series than Formula 1 is, so everyone will basically get the same uh, car. Um, but here it is, and you know the most striking thing, obviously, is the rear wing. We've known that since the announcement. It is very big, but overall I think this is good because they are more aerodynamic-based, more ground-work-based, uh, um, or, or ground, yeah. Ground Force, the gardening program, they're more based on that, Valent Titchmarsh. Uh, but yeah, they are more in line now with Formula One. I know, I think Logan Sargent said over the winter break that the gap between Formula Two and Formula One had become too big. And I think this kind of car, which is more in line with the Formula One cars, will hopefully help that. Also, what's really interesting this year is all the teams who've been in Formula 2 now for years and gained advantage through knowing that one car that they had for years, that advantage is now gone and everyone's, all the teams are kind of reset to zero and have to build from that. So we should have a very competitive year mixed in with some very, very talented drivers in F2. I think we're going to have an all-time great Formula 2 season this year. So that's something really to look forward to. Um, Haas also announced their livery launch on the 2nd of February, which is this coming Friday, which means next Friday there'll be two videos on this channel. There'll be the best liveries ever video and also my opinions on the Haas, which I imagine they're not going to do some kind of big launch because they never do. They'll probably just put an image out on Twitter or whatever. So that's to come next Friday. Now, let's talk contracts because there's been two big contracts announced this week firstly it was from ferrari and charles leclerc then yesterday mclaren came out and announced that lando norris is staying there uh, with them the most interesting thing about both of these is both teams didn't say how long either contract has been signed for uh, which is quite new, to be fair. I think even when Oscar Piastri was signed by McLaren last year, they announced the date he was going to. I think the reason for this is twofold. Firstly, it keeps all the other teams' eyes off your drivers, because if you don't know when their contract is ending, you can't really put it in the plans of this guy's contract ends here, we'll try and get him there. But I also think I wouldn't be surprised if um, these contracts were two years with an option to advance from there because i wouldn't be surprised if both these guys of course very talented drivers of course wanting to win world titles um this all hangs on 2026 and those engine regulations 
because if Ferrari aren't good enough, if Mercedes aren't good enough, these guys are going to want to leave. Mercedes are, are supplying McLaren their engines. That was announced over the winter. So I wouldn't be surprised if for both these guys, the contract goes to 2026, then there's the option within them of do you want to carry on, do you want to leave, we'll go from there. So yeah, uh, Lando and Charles staying in there, they're the teams that they are most famous with. I mean, uh, Lando's only ever been with McLaren uh, and uh, Leclerc started out with Ralph Mayer for a year. I mean, after a rookie year was in Ferrari. So I'm not surprised that they both stayed there. I didn't really ever see any real reason for them to leave. I didn't really believe the whole Red Bull Lando thing. I never saw that happening. But yeah, this is good for everyone, I think. So there you go. That is the news. And it's been a long one this week, mostly ranting about Visa. So there you go. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. I'm sure you already have. But until next time, we have got the video on the channel right now. Worst liveries ever. Next Friday, best liveries ever. And also my reactions to the Haas livery for this year. And then next Saturday, if there is any big news to talk about, I'll be here again Saturday morning to talk to you about all the news of the week. Until next time, though, have a good one. I'll see you then. Goodbye.